This is the Santita Jackson Show. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Santita Jackson Show. Getting a little feedback, getting an echo. We're going to work that out. I want you to call me at 773-763-9278, 773-763-WCPT. WCPT is my home station, the nation's largest progressive talk radio station, and AM 950 radio, the voice of progressive Minnesota. Have you voted early? Are you voting? Do you know if you're still on the voter rolls? Please plan your vote and vote your plan. Go to vote.org and find out if you're still on the voter rolls. There is time to do something about it. In many states, more and more states, we are able to do same-day voter registration. But you need to know if your name is still on the rolls so that you're not surprised when you get to the polls. You also need to know where to vote. Uh, Precincts have been closed since COVID. A lot of things have been happening. You need to know where to go vote. And if you do go uh, vote early or if you vote on the day of the actual midterm elections, I want you to call 1-866-OUR-VOTE, 1-866-OUR-VOTE. If you have any problems outside the polls or inside the polls, we're seeing more and more armed poll watchers. They're at ballot boxes when people are dropping off their ballots. They are outside the polling places. Now uh, police officers are now out in Arizona. Uh, They're saying uh, they're being uh, instructed by the sheriff to protect the voters. There's a lot going on. But if you encounter any problems inside the polls, outside the polls, do not leave the polls. Do not leave until you have voted and that has been resolved. And what you need to do is call one eight six six our vote A team of lawyers will be there waiting to receive your call, and they will give you instructions on what to do next. It's Wednesday, October 26, 2022. I want you to get out there and vote, everybody. This is such a consequential election. Every seat in the U.S. House of Representatives is up. Um, a third of the U.S. Senate is up. Indeed, the balance of the Senate is at stake governorships, state representatives, secretaries of state, state senators, the people who in the state capitals who decide who goes to Washington, who decides what their districts look like. Well, that is uh, that's what's being decided. So don't think, though, don't don't give in to the myth as you hear people say, oh, my goodness, my vote doesn't matter. That is not true. Every, every single vote does count. Call me at 773-763-9278. I want to hear what's on your mind this morning. I want to hear what's on your mind. Did you see the Fetterman-Oz debate last night? It was tough to watch. Tough to watch, I mean, because it's always tough when you see someone who is ill, who is struggling to get through. We're going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about how you can protect your vote. There are some steps that you need to take to make sure that you will be able to vote because more and more, That is at risk. 50,000 volunteers have been deployed by the GOP and all the states and territories to watch you vote. Keep that in mind, everybody. And then we're going to have a roundtable discussion really talking about the midterms. And we want to hear what's on your mind. What's at stake? What are the issues? Um, What has your voting experience been? Uh, Is the messaging right from the Democrats, the Republicans, and even third parties? 
I want to hear from you, and I want you to call me even now, 773-763-9278. I promise you we will be taking these calls. I'm just trying to move things around because I want to hear what your thoughts are today. Everybody in Chicago, we're going to have a high of 54 degrees. There will be showers in Minneapolis, St. Paul, 51 degrees, sunny. In the NBA, the Spurs will be meeting the Timberwolves tonight, and the Pacers will be here in Chicago meeting the Bulls. In the NHL, the Chicago team won four over the Panthers, Two and the Wild, three to one over the Canadiens. As I shared, did you, uh, are you voting? One million people have voted early in Georgia. They've never seen numbers like this before. This is a dramatic increase, uh, really over the past decade. A dramatic increase from the last midterm and the midterm before that, the 2020 election. I mean, it. people are voting. People are very, very involved. People are very engaged. Are you? Are you planning to vote? Do you have a plan? Vote your plan, but you got to have one first, everybody. The two candidates competing and arguably the highest profile Senate race of the year faced off in a televised debate last night. That is Democrat, uh, Democratic Lieutenant Governor of Pennsylvania, John Fetterman, and Republican Dr. Oz, Dr. Mehmet Oz of television fame. They're vying for votes in Philadelphia in a race that is considered the Democrats' best chance of flipping a seat in the Senate. So what do you think is going to happen, everybody? What do you think is going to happen? Many people saw a Lieutenant Governor Fetterman struggling last night, but uh, you heard Dr. Mehmet Oz give answers that gave a lot of people cause to pause. I want to know what your thoughts are. Call me at 773-763-9278. I mean, how do we deal with someone who is battling back after illness? Do we tell them to step away from their jobs? Do we fire them or do we walk with them? I realize Americans are not really into thinking empathetically right now because Americans are struggling. And maybe he reminds us of who we could be if we have a tough day. I don't know. You call me at 773-763-9278. But aside from the elephant in the room that Lieutenant Governor Fetterman acknowledged, abortion rights took center stage, everybody. Sherrod Brown is one of the few Democrats now who's beginning to talk about the economy. He's warning that the, warning that the Fed chair, uh, he's warning the Fed chair that the rate hikes are putting working class livelihoods at risk indeed. The Fed chair said, well, by hiking the interest rates, we are going to lose jobs. Wow. What do you think about that? 773-763-9278. Opponents of gun violence on Tuesday urged Americans to vote for Democratic candidates who support common sense safety measures after law enforcement officials said that the 19-year-old gunman who killed a teacher and a 15-year-old student at a St. Louis high school was armed with an AR-15 style rifle with more than, get this everybody, six hundred rounds of ammunition. The Justice Department is asking a federal judge to force two of the former President Donald, Donald Trump's White House lawyers to testify about their conversations with the former president, according to three people familiar with the investigation. The move to compel additional testimony from uh, Pat Cipollone, who is the former White House counsel, Deputy White House counsel Patrick Philman, uh, just last week as part of a secret court proceeding. We will see how all of this goes. In the meantime, people in Brazil uh, are voting on a new president, and Lula, Ignacio da Silva, is leading 
President Bolsonaro. An activist warned of blatant disinformation online just before their runoff. We will see. He is the working man's candidate, everybody. So those are some of the headlines on the Santita Jackson Show. We have got some good news from Pastor Vicki Johnson with her hour of power at her church, the St. Thomas Lutheran Church here in Chicago at 80th and Jeffrey. You can catch them online for those of you who are not here in Chicago. You want to go from 1145 to 1245 every Sunday. It'll charge you up for the week and for the rest of your life. How you doing, Pastor Johnson? I am doing well, Santita. What about you? I am doing. I won't complain. How about that? (laughs) (laughs) That's a good song to live by. (laughs) Absolutely. That's well, it. That's good fine. morning. That's gonna be my theme good song morning. from here on out. <laughs> Amen. Good morning to you, and good morning to all of your morning stars and friends. There is good news. There are radio ads that are put out by the ad council. They do a really good job of provoking thought. There's a particular ad where they ask people what they would like to see in their neighborhoods to make them better. One person says without thinking that they would like to have more ice cream trucks or water fountains, frivolous answers. And then when someone says they would like the creation of more jobs to help stabilize the community and put people back to work, the others begin to change their response. This is because those who were asked initially had no idea of what they wanted. So today, I ask you, what do you want? What do you want for you that will make you more content? People ask you, what do you want for your birthday? What do you want for Christmas? And you're able to conjure up an answer. But what do you want for you that will make you a better person, a happier person, a more fulfilled person? What do you want for your family to promote your family legacy? What do you want for your community to make it more viable? Do you know what you want? Have you given it more thought beyond what type of color car you would want? How much thought have you given to yourself? I think you deserve some thought time. For you, it is not being self-centered. No, I think it is self-care. If you don't think about you, are you guaranteed that anyone else will? So today, invest some meaningful time with yourself to know what you really want and need so that when or if asked, unlike the people from the Ad Council commercials, 
you will be able to give a well-thought-out answer that will not only be a benefit to you, but a blessing to those around you. You will even be able to work towards goals you didn't even know that you had. Find out what you want. You deserve to at least know. If you will do this, and I believe that you will, then to me, that's good news. Amen to that. Thank you so much. You know, a friend of mine told me about that. She said, you know, it's not selfish to think of yourself. Don't do, you, you've got to do that first. You know, even my father said there is place for ego in this world. You just don't ease God out, right? He said, but <laughs> you need to have enough stuff inside of you to develop your gifts. I mean, to have enough pride of ownership and, you know, to... I mean, that's why you don't say ouch for somebody else. You say ouch for yourself. <laughs> you know, at some point you do have to be yes. self-focused. And I thank you for that. Yes. Why did you feel compelled to say that today? I mean, do you think that we're getting too far away from what we feel? I'm going to tell you what provoked that thought. I'm reading Viola Davis's book, Finding Me. Mm-hmm. And a friend of hers in the book told her, asked her, what do you want? What is it that you want in a relationship? And she lived a very rough life. I recommend the book. And he told her to get down on her knees before she went to bed at night and to pray in detail, telling God exactly what she wanted for a mate. And she named him an ex-football player, somebody that already had children because she would not be able to have them. And all kind of actor or loving the arts, all of the details. And when she was about to get up, she got back on her knees because something else came to mind. And we don't pray in detail. We don't ask in detail. We're kind of general when it comes to ourselves. But the universe will give you what it is that you are desirous of if you ask in detail. And I heard uh, Pam Morris talking yesterday about the power of prayer. Pray in detail, in detail for what you want. And that's what provoked the thought. I appreciate that because, you know, there is, that was what Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman talked about, the science, the science of, oh. you know, of our okay. religious thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just mm-hmm. really, just, I mean, that you need to be very specific. You know, you can't be all over the place because in life we can't be all over the place. You know, and I thank you for that this morning because we really do need that. Are you seeing people vote? Yes, I've been seeing um, people wearing the tag, I voted. And I'm very excited about that. Um, we We can never give up the right to vote. And we can never pretend like, eh, you know, it's like going to the store or something. It's so serious. I think that uh, we need to be reminded each election of what our forefathers did in order to get us the right to vote, African-Americans the right to vote. And then what was done by the forefathers of this country 
to have the right to vote. So um, it's it's real important, and um, our democracy is at stake. So let's vote. Let's get out there and vote and tell our youngins to vote. Celebrate the ones that are graduating this year and say, oh, by the way, you're 18 now, right? Come on, let me take you to the polls. You need to vote. Amen to that. Everybody, you need to get out and vote. Please get out and vote. Don't let anyone tell you that your vote doesn't matter because it really, really does matter. And I you know, want to address one of my, um, someone who's listening to us today, uh, who said that I did not mention, I think it's, is it Thomas Grasser? How are you this morning? You said, you know, since you're uh, pushing blacks to vote Democrat, don't forget if you, if you, if you're white, vote for the right. I don't I'm not pushing anyone to vote in, in any particular direction. While I'm an independent Democrat, I want people to vote first. What is offensive to me as an American is when any American, any American, it should be offensive to you. At least I hope it is, because that's what a true patriot is. You want everyone to have the right to vote. And then may the majority speak. But the majority should not be tyrannous. The majority should also consider the minority. I believe in these governments where you have, where you bring everybody in. The winner-take-all system is immature. It's immature. And it makes people bitter. It does not give people space to be heard. So when the Democrats win the presidency, well, you got a Democratic president. No, you have a president of the United States. When the Republican wins the presidency, you have a Republican president. No, you should have a president of the United States. I think that when presidents go into office, I think they should leave their parties behind and then just work for me. So before you make a lot of presumptions about me, you need to ask me. And I wish you'd call in. But I don't do the white-black thing. Of course, I acknowledge racism, and you should too. We have quite a sordid history with that, and it's baked in the cake. It's in the DNA of the, of the nation. To our everlasting shame. So I'm not one of these black people who's not going to acknowledge it. I'm not Herschel Walker. I'm not going to make you comfortable that way. I come from the King tradition. I come from the Jackson tradition. I believe in confronting our ills and then dealing with it. I think that if you are diagnosed with cancer, do not give me cold medicine. Let's deal with the issues that we've got. And racism is a form of classism. The biggest issue we've got is classism. You, Mr. Grasser, if you were not uh, a landowner 400 years ago, 200 years ago at the founding of this nation, you would not have had the right to vote. And more than likely, you would not have been a landowner because most white men were not. Think about that. Let's talk about protecting our vote, everybody. What do you need to do? What do you need to do to protect your vote? You have armed people who are standing at the ballot boxes waiting for you to drop your vote in. What is up with that? Back in just a minute on the Santita Jackson Show. This is the Santita Jackson Show. Okay, 
Okay, we're going to have a little, some technical difficulties, but we're going to work on that. Call me at 773-763-9278, the Santita Jackson Show on WCPT 820, the nation's largest progressive talk radio station. Let's talk about voting, everybody. We are 13 days away from the midterms, 13 days. Can you believe it? 13 days from the House and the Senate possibly flipping. If they flip, what is going to happen? Well, the January 6th commission, for example, that'll be over. Uh, the chairmanships that that Maxine Waters and, and Bernie Sanders have, that'll be over. You better vote because there's a lot at stake. Every person in the U.S. House of Representatives is up for re-election. I mean, right now, everyone. A third of the Senate is up for re-election right now. Right now. Please get out and vote, everybody. Get out and vote. Get out and vote. So call me at 773-763-9278 on WCPT 820, the nation's largest progressive talk radio station and AM 950 radio, the voice of progressive Minnesota. Hey, Shapiro, what's going on? Okay, let's bring Shapiro up. Okay. Where is she? Five, four, six. We are handling all of your turkey and trimming needs, as well as also your desserts. And don't hesitate to give us a call if you need table and decor set up as well for your uh, for your Thanksgiving dinner. We can handle that, as well as also we do first day parties, baby showers, weddings. We do it all here. So call us at 708-526-4546, 708-526-4546. We look forward to serving you. Thank you so much, Santita. Thank you so much, everybody. Let's talk about the midterms. Call us at 773-763-9278. Specifically, let's talk about protecting your vote. Uh, there are reports of armed persons sitting at the ballot box waiting for you to drop off your vote. There are people who are armed who are around polling places waiting for you to go in and vote. There are people who are intimidating. And yet, one million people have gone out to vote in Georgia, breaking all kinds of records. People are voting all over the country. We're expecting to have a tremendous, tremendous, tremendous outpouring in this election season. Will you be voting? Well, I tell you what, you will need a plan. You need to go to vote.org, vote.org, and find out if you are still registered. You need to make sure that you have not been purged from the voter rolls. That's the first thing you need to do. Everybody needs to do it. It only takes a couple of minutes, vote.org. And then on vote.org, you need to find out where you need to go vote. A lot of polling places are closed because of covid one would think they would have worked that out by now, but you have a lot of people who are unwilling to be judges because we're still in the pandemic, everybody. Think about that. So, you know, having said all of that, um, do you have a plan to vote? And what is going on? You have young African-American lawyers who are gearing up to fight voter suppression. They're gathering. They're volunteering. You have vote.org. You have those are lawyers who are waiting, one eight six six our vote lawyers who are waiting, waiting, waiting to find out any issue that you have. Do we have Attorney Daryl Jones up? I want to bring him on, uh, the chairman of the Transformative Justice Coalition. How are you doing, Daryl? Santita, doing well. Thank you. 
Thank okay, you. Let's bring him up really just well. a bit so we can hear him just a little bit better. Thank you so much. We've got a lot to talk about today because voter intimidation is, as promised, uh, it has manifested and it appears to be off the charts and it could be violent. It could be violent. I mean, when I saw the reports that you had people with guns at the at the drop boxes where you go drop off your 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 ballot. I said, wait a minute. Are, are they serious right now? Yeah, they are They're very serious. Um, then uh, you've got people who are around the polling sites who are um, who are armed. What's going on with that, Daryl? Start there, please. Oh, Cynthia, you know, you're you're 100 percent on point. And you'll recall earlier on uh, when we were talking, we were talking about people that were being trained and uh, these tactics that were going to be uh, deployed in brown and black polling areas where, where black voters were going to vote. Well, we know, you know what's been reported, out, particularly in Arizona, uh, is that uh, there have been uh, folks that have been armed and in tactical gear. Uh, and they were sitting around uh, the drop boxes uh, trying to intimidate people from not going to drop off their vote-by-mail ballots uh, so that they didn't want to vote. Just you know, just putting that fear and intimidation uh, that's there uh, and in place. We also know that there have been people that have been, uh, as folks were coming to vote, uh, that they were taking their cameras, uh, their telephones, and taking pictures of their license tags and all of this other stuff and accusing them of being mules, that is, uh, taking, uh, harvesting ballots and dropping off a whole bunch of ballots, none of which w- was true. But this is what they were doing to try to intimidate people from, uh, from not voting, to stop them uh, from voting. This is some of the tactics that have been used. And, you know, we know, particularly in Arizona, uh, that uh, one of those matters where they're um, following people around and taking their tags and trying to intimidate, particularly this man and woman or the one that, uh, that were brave enough to report it, uh, it's been referred to the Department of Justice for consideration for prosecution uh, because of the violations of uh, a Voting Rights Act that, that that represents in trying to intimidate voters. So it's very real that this voter intimidation is out there in black and brown areas. Uh, you know, we know from the prior election that in Georgia, uh, that there was someone that showed up uh, around the polling place, again, with a gun and a long coat, uh, again, trying to intimidate people from, from voting, to stop them from voting. So this is what we know uh, is happening uh, around the country at various polling places at this point, and it has not gotten as intense as it's going to get. But, you know, you've got to take your hat off to the voters in Georgia because they're coming out in record numbers. They're, they're coming out in numbers that exceed the... Uh, the uh, general election of 2018, you know, the last non-presidential uh, election, they're now matching and exceeding the 2020 presidential election for early in-person voting uh, for what they're doing and the numbers that they're showing. So, you know, they're, they're showing out. Uh, Virginia, the same thing. Virginia's coming out in those numbers. And we got to remember that in Virginia in 2020 and Virginia in 2022 were areas where we saw voter intimidation uh, that was occurring at the polls. And we know that Virginia was one of the areas areas where they were preparing, training people uh, to on, on how to intimidate voters. And we know that you know, part of the tactic of what's happening in Georgia and in Arizona isn't something that's isolated. 
this is a, a schematic theme that has been worked out. It's, it's preconceived. They, they know what they want it to do, and they're going to those areas to do it. So we've got to be very vigilant when we're going to the polls to vote. We can't be intimidated. Uh, and we tell everyone, you know, have your, your best weapon is your cell phone. And you need to take pictures of anything that seems out of the ordinary or anything else. You need to report it to the election officials that are there. Call 866-OUR-VOTE to report it and call the local police. Do all of everything. But do not be intimidated. Do not back down because that's what they're trying to do is to place fear in our voters to try to stop people from accessing their right to vote. Well, now you say that there has been training to uh, that these people who are who are with the guns and who are watching the polls to intimidate voters, that they have been trained in tactics to do that. And it takes me back, well, to, you know, my parents' youth, our parents' youth, uh, when, uh, and my parents just really having dedicated their lives to the civil rights movement, uh, they were, uh, Reverend Jim Lawson, among others, uh, literally physically trained you. Now, before you go to Woolworths, before you go to the Woolworth counter, these people are going to get violent. Now, this is what you need to do. I wish we need to start doing that again so that we can understand how to use nonviolent resistance when these people approach us violently. What have these um, these persons who seek to intimidate people, what have they been trained to do? What have they been told to do? What are some of the tactics that they are employing, Daryl? We're talking with Attorney Daryl Jones, the chairman of the Transformative Justice Coalition. Indeed, they have been called into Georgia to monitor the vote. I mean, oh, where is Jimmy Carter? He goes to Haiti and all these other places around the world. He needs to just go be in Georgia <laughs> monitoring the vote. It's hard. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, I mean, you're very accurate. You know, uh, what happens is that uh, they've been trained, in, and they're called poll disruptors, right? They're disruptors. Okay. What they're trained to do is to disrupt uh, people that are waiting in line to vote. And what their training is, is is how to escalate, how to get people excited, how to get them worked up. And then once they're worked up uh, and in this, you know, fit of rage and anger, uh, it's to engage them in such a way that you can call the police and have them removed, have them put their hands on, 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 you know, have you put your hands on them so that they can have you removed, that they, so that they can report you, that type of thing. So and they provoke you physically. They provoke you physically. That's precisely what they do. Okay. Now, in Georgia, there's another thing that they can do, which is just horrible, but permitted by Georgia law based on uh, their, you know, their last Senate Bill 202, a horrible piece of voter suppression legislation. So one of the things that they can do in Georgia is that, uh, is that every citizen there has you know, no limit to the number of challenges they can do to people that are waiting in line to vote, to challenge your credentials, whether or not you uh, really have the right to vote. Uh, in the state of Georgia, a person can do that for hundreds or thousands of voters. And that's a form of voter intimidation. That's precisely what it is, is to intimidate you from trying to exercise that right to vote. And what happens in several cases with regards to those challenges is that the voter then is forced to cast a provisional ballot until the uh, election officials can verify the information and that the person is eligible to vote uh, in that election. So, you know, that's one of the things that they've put in place from, from that Senate Bill 202 that, uh, that is down in Georgia. So there are a lot of tactics that they've already put in place uh, legislatively and some that they're imploring just by voter intimidation uh, 
through the practice of, of trying to escalate people and get people uh, excited and provoking them into action. Mm, everybody, let me go to David from San Francisco, getting up real early with us today, sending you much love, David, and sending everybody much love. Please join us on the Santita Jackson Show YouTube channel and Santita Jackson and Friends on Facebook. Good morning, David. Rise and shine. Good morning, Santita. Yeah, and your guest, I um, was just going to add just some uh, simple logical thing to make sure that people are uh, able to vote and make sure that your friends are getting enough to eat and uh, staying healthy until Election Day. Uh, you know, if maybe people uh, should hold potlucks or different things, you know, like uh, uh, study the uh, ballot together kind of potlucks, and, and that'll keep people fed until Election Day. But the other thing, and being up in Chicago, you get uh, nighttime comes early as the days get longer, mm-hmm. and uh, so people are getting less sunlight. And that'll make them sluggish, it'll make them morose, it'll make them uh, depressed, and you do not want people depressed for Election Day. So um, just a reminder, you know, make sure that you're getting out and getting enough sunlight uh, and uh, staying healthy before Election Day. Thank you for that. That's very important. And you know what? When you go to the polls, make sure you have some snacks, really, and something to drink. Do that. You know, Do that. that. With your, your guest was just talking about uh, trying to intimidate people, waiting in mm-hmm. line. You remember down in Georgia, they wanted to make sure you couldn't hand out uh, water to people standing in line. You couldn't uh, hand out food or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm wondering if uh, there's kind of an old military strategy where you get your enemy so scattered that if if there were teams of little activists that went out handing out water bottles, you could have those uh, right-wingers so busy filling out police reports they wouldn't be able to intimidate anybody else. Well, you know, that's a tactic too, David. Have you voted yet, or are you going to wait until election day? I got mine in the mail the other day. I got mine in the mail the other day. I'll be filling that out in the next day or so. Oh, David, it's always wonderful hearing your voice, and I thank you for your support. Sending you much love out there in San Francisco. Sure, sure. Yeah, keep your health, though. That's uh, I've been thinking about that with this uh, mm-hmm. sun getting, you know, the day's getting longer, or excuse me, the nights are getting longer, so you get more depressed in, in the darkness. And, uh, and with election days, you don't want people sluggish and depressed. You want them mm-hmm. eager and alert. Well, you know, that's why we got to get inflation together, because a lot of people are really hungry. There's that, too. Oh, sure. Yeah, and that's why I was thinking of potlucks. Yeah, you know, you know you're right. We've got to share. You remember when you used to get a bucket of chicken, not just your individual meal. Something to be said for that. Sending David from San Francisco much love. Let me get Brian in. Brian from Juliet. Yeah. Brian, what's on your mind? Sending you much love, David. Brian, much Good morning. love to you. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, um, I, uh, I just wanted to call uh, to say uh, that uh, I voted early and I voted uh, straight uh, blue. Straight, straight Democrat, and I believe uh, that uh, that uh, unlike uh, what they uh, project on the television and so forth, I think all these issues are interconnected. Uh, whether it be uh, uh, the, uh, one of the big re- big reasons that the Dems need to win, uh, we have to think about. Uh, uh, 
voting rights, uh, whether we're going to uh, voting rights uh, uh, bill of uh, 1965, gun laws, uh, uh, I'm pro-choice uh, abortion that relates to the economy, uh, whether or not we're going to keep uh, democracy or slide into a form of fascism, um, whether we can get the George Floyd uh, policing uh, reform uh, bill ever passed. Uh, all these issues are going to be interconnected if the Republicans, uh, uh, right-wing extremists, uh, at best, if, you, uh, if they win, uh, nothing is going to be accomplished. And, uh, mm -hmm. and then I really fear uh, uh, that we might be sliding into a form of fascist country. But you know what, Brian? I think that we've been there, and I think we have to decide to climb up out of it. No one was a greater fascist than J. Edgar Hoover. Look at, well, the, look at who he was. Hey, absolutely. So when we say that, when we act as if fascism is a new experience, African Americans, indigenous people, have experienced fascism in this, in our American experience. And if I experience it, everybody experiences it eventually. Black, brown, red people have experienced it first. Now white people are feeling it. So we have to be very, very careful, Brian. Uh, we need to understand that this is part of the American experience. I understand and that if, fully. If, if, You're, yeah, I agree with you, you know, 100%. Cause, cause I, cause I have to tell you, I it's problematic. That, I want you to engage think, me. Because, see, it's problematic uh, for me to hear them talk about President Trump being fascist. When I, and my, I, hey, I will say, my parents were Dr. King staff members. And when I think of what they experienced in terms of harassment the last year of Dr. King's life when he knew that he was going to be assassinated. And do you know what happened, Brian? He spoke at the, he came out against the Vietnam War a little after 6 p.m., just about a minute after 6 p.m. on April 4th, 1967. Do you know he was assassinated at 6.01, April 4th, 1968? Do you know that the FBI office in Atlanta erupted in cheers when it was confirmed that this man, that this man had been murdered, had his neck blown off? Malcolm knew he wasn't going to last long either. No, but I'm just, but I'm just saying, just yeah, stay on that. You know, so when we talk about fascism, I'm like, wait a minute, honey, we've been living in that. Now the question is, are we still going to? Are we going to continue in that direction? Are we going to well, continue to live here? Republicans win. I think it's all over. Well, the Democrats did it 50, 60 years ago. So my whole thing is it's in the it's in the system. So we are going to have to make a decision. Democrats, Republicans, independents, libertarians, because Americans really have a libertarian streak, if you want to be honest about it, because we don't we we want the government to have our back. We don't want it to be on, on our backs. You know what I mean? So we have to understand that about us, too. We're a mix of a whole lot of philosophies and respect that. Well, but you if know? people have to be fearful about going out to vote, that's, is that ridiculous? Uh, that's yeah. just a, that's a, that is just a really a scary situation. It's it's a horrible situation, and I'm gonna tell you, it is a situation. It's been a situation with us ever since the beginning. I mean, that is what drove Rosa Parks. I, I'm just trying to open up. I'm just trying to open up the door for us to understand. I don't want us to forget what Rosa Parks. And all these black folks experienced. 
Well, I, I understand. You know, we were killed trying to vote. I, so I, I, I agree with you, you know, 100, Jeff. And I'm saying, I just, I'm saying, let's let's hook up this choo-choo train so we can have all of the tra- so we can have all the cars on this choo-choo train. That's all I'm saying, Brian. You know. Well, thank you so much for taking my call, Shantita, and have a wonderful day. And thank you for my two T's, my my handsome gent. I can feel it. Right on through there. But, you know, I mean, uh, uh, Attorney Daryl Jones, I mean, I hear Brian and I hear the I hear the current conversation because we have decided that we're going to make uh, we're going to turn uh, not only President Trump, but everyone who likes him into a fascist, which I think is dangerous and untrue. But I think that fascism and all of these awful isms are very much a part of the American experience. And not to acknowledge it does not acknowledge our true history. <laughs> and then that for me is problematic, Daryl. No, I'm, I'm right. Yeah, I'm, I'm right with you on that, Santi. I, I think that you know uh, the whole thing of knowing the history first, right? You got to know the history before you can acknowledge it. And uh, a large part of it, I agree with you, is that you know when you start studying that history and you start seeing you know where we've come from. Uh, and uh, and you know the certainly the move towards fascism, the, the move towards suppression and uh, and and control, uh, all that's there uh, appears to be where we may be headed again post this election, depending upon how it goes. And I think that you know for a lot of people, uh, when we, when you, they take the poll and they talk about democracy being on the ballot and people's top concern is the preservation. Uh, of democracy. That's precisely what they're talking about, are those very uh, elements that make us uh, a democratic nation. The right to choose what you're going to do with your body, the right to choose, the right to vote, uh, and to be you know, unfettered in your ability to vote. All of that really is the bedrock, the foundation of our democracy. And that's what's being challenged. And you know, again, I always say hats off to people around, the, uh, around our country that are stepping over, jumping over the barriers that many of the legislatures have put up to try to stop them from voting, to make it more difficult for them to vote, and to come out in record numbers and do it. All of that, I think, certainly uh, is, uh, is what is meant when Americans said, you're not going to stop our democracy. We're going to preserve our democracy. And that's what uh, I think you see happening in Georgia. That's what you see happening in Virginia. And that's what I believe you're going to be, uh, uh, see happening in Pennsylvania and all the other, uh, many of the other uh, states around our country. That's what well, I, you know, I, th- I think. Really I think we need to be very specific, though. I think you're not going to stop the evolution of the democracy because we haven't had one yet. Right. Everybody's not had unfettered access to the vote. We still do not have a federally protected right to vote. I think of Reverend Frank Watkins, who we just memorialized this weekend. He would constantly remind us. And he was the, the communications director emeritus of Operation Breadbasket, Operation Push, the Rainbow, one of the architects of Reverend Jackson's presidential campaigns, the uh, co-author of the book A More Perfect Union with Congressman Jesse Jackson Jr., absolutely brilliant. And he said, and, and he was my father's longest serving staff member. And he said, remember, we do not have the federally protected right to vote. It's a state's right. That's a problem. So, you know, protecting the democracy also now, y'all are real late to the party. Because that's what the 60s revolution has been about. It's, a, it's been about making America on pay, on, in reality what, as Dr. King said, it is on paper. 
So I just want us to be honest, because I'm not buying into the language of, you know, this current group think that they have. Oh, it's, you know, we're fighting back fascism. We've been fighting back fascism. I don't know about them for 400 years, Daryl. We've been fighting to make America a democracy for 400 years, Daryl. And I think we did, because if we don't acknowledge that, then you don't acknowledge Denmark Vesey. You don't acknowledge Sojourner Truth. You don't acknowledge Phyllis Wheatley, who no one believed wrote her poetry. She had to take a literacy test. What? You know, I'm just saying. <laughs> I, I just want us to tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth here. We've been dealing with, with some brown shirts in our community, and they wore white robes and hoods. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, don't act like that. this is new to, to the world experience, because it's not. This is, this is the kind of terror that black people have lived under. They killed Medgar Evers in front of his wife and babies. And this man walked around Jackson, Mississippi for decades. And everyone knew Byron Della Beckwith killed this man in front of his wife and babies. And there was nothing they could do. Hmm. Well, you got two minutes. Well, key, you have one minute. One keys, <laughs> and, and we got to remember also that one of the key tenets to, to fascism and that type of stuff is to try to stop people from learning their history and learning their knowledge. And one of the things that we see happening at many of the states where we did our Arc of Voter Justice tour is that those were states that were trying to ban books that were teaching African-American history, teaching you about where you've come from and what the experience has been and and, and what's going forward. The whole critical race theory folds right into uh, the argument that that, we're now presenting with regards to where our country is and the decisions that we're making. So, you know, both of those really do dovetail into voting rights because mm-hmm. many of the boards of education are, uh, members are voted into office. That's why you saw so many uh, conservatives that were jumping in, in board of education elections to determine what history would not be taught in those schools. So, you know, that's a large part of what's going on now as well. That's why it's so incredibly important, Santita, for people to get out and vote so that the community's interest is out there, so that our mm-hmm. history will be and available for our children and our children's children. Yeah, because, you know, black history is American history. It's your history. And I hear you. Some people will say, look, my family didn't hold slaves. We immigrated here. Honey, you're in for, you're in for a penny, you're in for a pound. This country was built not by immigrants. It was built by unpaid labor on stolen land. Start there. Mm-hmm. Start there. That's 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 who built this country. And then we gave immigrants a place to come to so they could build on top of that. It does not take away from immigrants, but you need to understand the real American experience. So we can get this straight. I tell you, if you have a cold. You don't need chemotherapy. And if you have cancer, you don't need cold medicine. You've got if you don't properly diagnose the issue, you'll never be able to treat the disease. Coming up, we got a whole lot to talk about as we talk about these midterms. Attorney Daryl Jones, chairman of the Transformative Justice Coalition, he'll be coming on with us through uh, this uh, midterm season so he can help us to understand how we can plan our vote and vote our plan. We're going to have Latasha Brown with us, Attorney C.K. Hoffler, Attorney. We can change the world, change the world, change the world. This is the Santita Jackson Show.
everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Santita Jackson Show on WCPT 820, the nation's largest progressive talk radio station and AM 950 radio, the voice of progressive Minnesota. It's a joy to be with you today on Wednesday, October 26, 2022, 13 days away from the midterms. Do you have a plan to vote? Well, you need to have a plan so that you can vote your plan. Plan your vote, vote your plan. Please go to vote.org, vote.org. Why should you do that? You need to make sure that you are still registered to vote. And you need to find out where you can go vote. Many precincts have been closed all around the country. I remember in 2018, you had, this is pre COVID, you had one super site for 660,000 voters in Louisville, Kentucky. We closed more than 100 precincts in Chicago. More than 100,000 voters were impacted in our June primary. Think about that, everybody. Yes, I'm giving you the sound effect. So please, if you go vote early, if there is a problem, if you are trying to drop off your ballot at a drop box and someone with a gun meets you there, call one eight six six our vote If you have any kind of issue inside the poll, outside the polls, this is when you're going to vote, everybody. Do not leave. Call one eight six six our vote one eight six six our vote and let these lawyers walk you through the process so that you can vote and have your vote counted. Everybody, let's get to some of these headlines. In Chicago, we're going to have a high of 54 degrees, showers. Minneapolis, St. Paul, 51 degrees. It will be sunny. In the NBA, the Spurs will be meeting the Timberwolves tonight, and the Pacers will be meeting the Bulls. In the NHL, yes, it is that time of year when everybody's playing. It is great, everybody. Chicago for the Panthers, too. And the Minnesota Wild, three. And the Canadiens, one. Did you see that one million people have voted early in Georgia. A dramatic increase from 2018. People are voting all over the country. Have you voted? What about that Senate race in Pennsylvania? Many people say that, well, at least it's one of the crucial races that could allow Democrats to hold on to the majority or enable the Republican to capture the majority. We don't know, but it was a tough, tough uh, debate last night. Democrat, uh, Democratic Lieutenant Governor from Pennsylvania, John Fetterman, faced off against Republican Dr. Mehmet Oz. Uh, They're vying for votes in a Pennsylvania race that many people are saying, well, perhaps that's the best chance of flipping a seat for the Democrats or the Republicans. We just don't know. We don't know. We're going to be talking about that on the Santita Jackson Show very, very shortly. But you do hear Dr. Oz say that... um, you know, I, we need local people, not federal people, to decide your reproductive rights. Sherrod Brown warns that warns the Fed chair that rate hikes will put working class livelihoods at risk. At last, some Democrats are beginning to talk about the economy, everybody. The Justice Department is asking a federal judge to force two of former President Trump's White House lawyers to testify about their conversations with the former president, everybody. And those are some of the headlines on the Santita Jackson Show as Lula da Silva, Lula Ignacio da Silva is leading, is leading in the polls, going into the runoff. Will he become the next president of Brazil? Mm, hope so. Yes, I am saying that. Everybody, you know, we're looking at financial freedom. I want to know if you're using your debit card. If you're using your debit card... You really shouldn't. You need to get a credit card. You say, I don't have enough good credit. Well, that's why you need to call Team Hockberg. They can help wean you off of that debit card and move you into a space where you can get a credit card. 
Team Hochberg at 855-56-DAVID, 855-56-DAVID, or visit them at 56david.com. If you have poor credit, if you've had a bankruptcy, if you want to purchase a home and you don't have enough money, you don't have a plan, call Team Hochberg. If you want to refinance your existing home, if you want to find out about these financial products like FHA loans and, and reverse mortgages and VA loans, if you've been turned down for the loan, these loans, so much has happened. Call Team Hochberg. If you need to bring down that credit card debt, call Team Hochberg. They can help you. Don't call this credit card company by yourself. They will not help you. But they will speak to Team Hochberg, and you can end up like Tom and Sonia, two kids struggling to pay their their mortgage. And guess what? They had $100,000 worth of credit card debt on 17 credit cards. Well, they called Team Hochberg. They had a free consultation. And guess what happened? Team Hochberg returned to them with a plan, and they worked with Team Hochberg, and they were able to bring down their credit card payments by over $2,800. They were able to save their home. That could be you. It's happening for a lot of people. It's happening to a lot of people. Don't be ashamed, everybody. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. If you're living in your car, if this is how you're listening to the show right now, I want you to call Team Hochberg. They will help you to move into financial success and stability. It is not beyond your grasp, everybody. It Nothing is too hard if you're trying to do the right thing. 1-855-56-DAVID, 1-855-56-DAVID, or 56david.com. Everybody, let's get right into it. Of course, there's legal Q&A with CK. CK, we're going to roll through this today because we have got Latasha Brown. I didn't realize Latasha Brown was going to be free, the co-founder of... Black Voters Matter, C.K., and of course, C.K. is the chair of the of the Rainbow Push Coalition, and she and uh, Attorney Daryl Jones have gra- and Attorney Robert Patillo have great radio shows. Uh, she, uh, of course, is on WAOK at, ev- on every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Robert Patillo's on WAOK from 1 to 4 every Sunday, and they pull him in throughout the week, too. And, uh, of course, Attorney Daryl Jones and Attorney Barbara Arnwine are on WOL in Washington, D.C. You can catch them everywhere. They are at 12 noon every Tuesday. So, you know, C.K., because Latasha is going to have to leave us, C.K., I want you to open up, but we got to pivot to Latasha because she's got, you know, Democracy Now! was trying to take her from us yesterday. But I know. Said, well, well let, me, okay. let me just say this. Santita, we need to pivot to Latasha right now. We don't need to waste a moment. <laughs> To hear what she she has. <laughs> because she is she is the voice that we need to hear. So to magnificent Latasha Brown, one of my clients, what do you have to say about where we are? One, let me just say, if I'm ever in a fight, and when I am in a fight, I need y'all to know that I always feel a little bit stronger because CK is on the on the case. Um, so so yes. uh, good morning. Good morning. We are, you know, there are a couple of points that I want to raise about what's happening in Georgia and just all all across the country right now when we're thinking about the midterms, because I want your listeners, there's three points I want to make. The first one is polls do not win elections. People do. And I'm raising that because over the last few weeks, we have bombarded with 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 headlines um, and stories around how the black vote, the uh, black voters are not inspired that the vote is going to be depressed, you know, what we're going to do to actually help turn, uh, uh, turn out, to lift up turnout. I have had numerous, I can't even count the number of reporters that have called me to get my, my response of 
before the election started, before voting started in Georgia, around was I feeling anxious about what the polls were saying? You know, and just as I just said, polls don't win elections. People do. I'm raising that because what is happening in Georgia right now and CK and Robert and all of us who have been on the ground, you know, what is happening in Georgia right now that Georgia has actually uh, broken every record um, on midterm elections and turnout. We have a historic, the highest turnout in the midterm elections ever. You know, what's really interesting what's about driving that, that Latasha? I mean, because yeah, when I, I saw it, I one million was- people last week, I saw 750,000. Then before the week was out, 850,000. Now I'm seeing one million people. I think it's a couple of things. I think, one, I think we've got an intense fight at the top of the ticket from the governor's race to the U.S. Senate race. So that's one element. Secondly, I think that people are resolved. And, you know, oftentimes, and this is the point that I want to make about, you know, of, of the voters that are coming out, 40 percent, 40 to 41 percent of that vote are actually black voters. Why is that significant? Because we only make 30 percent of the population. What does that mean? That means black voters in the state of Georgia are overperforming, which means that the polls and the headlines, you know, I don't know where they got that information from or if they got that information to sensationalize it. Uh, that can ultimately depress our vote. But ultimately, what we see is a high high turnout, even with black voters at this point, particularly with black voters at this point, um, but all voters in Georgia. So I think part of it has to do with this hot, contested race. I also think some of it, you know, in spite of people saying, well, you know, you see this voting turnout, that means the Republicans are trying to use this narrative now that voter suppression you know, there was no voter suppression. Like, look at the look at the black folks. They're coming out to vote, so it could be a voter suppression. You know, but what they've always failed to, to, to understand is that we respond. You can't go low on us. When you go low on us, we go hard. That what we're seeing is black voters, it is not that the voter suppression is, doesn't exist in Georgia. Matter of fact, in this month alone, and CK can probably talk more uh, uh, about this as well, but just in just this month alone in Gwinnett County, one county in the state of Georgia, you had over 60,000 voters that were challenged because on this bill that we have that was passed in 2021, this SB202 bill, it gave the authority to a regular citizen. Did you know a regular citizen could actually challenge the voting, um, the voting validity of a of, of another voter, just indiscriminately, just say I don't think that that I don't think that he's a legitimate voter or she's a legitimate voter, and we saw that in one of the counties in Gwinnett County which made the election board had to actually deal with that. And even with those that were put back up, those that actually were cleared, the problem is that it backlogs and create an enormous amount of resources and human capital has to actually be able to address the voter suppression. So it, it stretches the resources. It creates barriers. Just because we actually uh, jump over the barrier does not necessarily mean the barrier doesn't exist. Hasn't that been existent, black existence in, in, in America? We have never had America that we literally were dealing with out dealing with barriers. We've never had an America that was just free and said, come on in. And, and we walked through the door. We have always had to navigate racism. We have always had to find creative ways to be able to jump the 
go higher and move beyond the barriers that we see. But that does not necessarily mean that it does put an, an additional burden on us, that it does well, take resources and time and energy from groups like ours to really be able to try to combat the voter suppression as well as get people out to vote. And so what you're seeing is is indicative, not that voter suppression doesn't exist in Georgia, is indicative that there is a strong organization structure that when on the ground that are mobilizing grassroots groups, there is a democracy movement afoot, that when you're looking at what happened in Georgia in 2020 and 2021, it wasn't a fluke. That is the future of Georgia. According to the census, 100% of the population growth in Georgia, which is a rapidly growing state, were communities of color. And so we're here, we're, we're organizing ourselves, and we're actually making a difference because we're showing up because there are groups. Now, that doesn't mean that this race, I want people to understand, that doesn't mean that this race is not going to be a tight race. That doesn't mean that this race is in the bag because what we're also dealing with is we're dealing with the other component of voter suppression. That we actually, what we've seen is we've, the Republicans have given themselves, they've weaponized the administrative process so that they can actually, if the, if the election results, they, they've given themselves more power to challenge and even turn, um, uh, turn over the election results. They've given themselves more power in this process that all along the way where people can actually challenge, um, whether it's 500 voters, 1,000 voters, or 60 like we saw in Gwinnett County. And so there, we're still battling. The battle of voter suppression isn't over. It's just one component, one hurdle we've been able to at least address, right? But we're still looking at other hurdles as we go through. And we're hearing, you know, everything from some of our people went to vote and they couldn't vote because they had a Black Voters Matter shirt on, which is crazy uh, because there's nothing on our shirt that is pushing a candidate or anything other than we're saying that Black Voters Matter. That's simple. That's simple. But what we're seeing is we're also seeing this kind of heightened sense of intimidation. You know, if people are paying attention to what is happening in Arizona right now, you've got men that are standing out. Here it is. They're making it legal in the state of Georgia to give out water the criminalized groups that are giving water. But what we're seeing is we're seeing white men with guns sit at drop boxes in Arizona and openly intimidating voters from coming to be able to, to vote. You know, and so I think that what we have to really recognize what's happening in this moment, and I'll say this and and stop. I think there are three quick things to say in this moment. The first moment, the, the first thing I said is poll, uh, the polls don't vote, it's people. Secondly, is that we have to really recognize that the only way that we will be able to overcome this voter suppression is that we've got to respond accordingly. That means we have to come out in record numbers and beat it back. We have to literally be able to be more determined to get out and vote in this election cycle. And the third thing that I want to say that is is, is under the surface, we're, we're, this is not an irregular election that's just about two political candidates or two political parties. White supremacy is on the ballot. We have a party that has aligned itself with white nationalism, white supremacy. We have to stop that at all costs. We, when we're talking about fascism, yes, black, yeah, folks need to follow black folks because black folks know a little something about fascism and know how harmful and how dangerous and how it marginalizes and seeks to actually depress and oppress communities. And, so, and we know it did not begin with Trump. I'm like, please stop that. That is so insulting. It it, I mean, the, the Hitler's model was based upon what, what they did to black people. That's right. Apartheid absolutely. was based on how black people were treated. Are you serious right now? 
Absolutely. But let me say this, though, Santita, while it did not start with him, let me say what he did. What he did is he resurrected it. It became racism Mm -hmm. and the way they did it became more sophisticated. And so what he decided, he decided to go back to the old roots. He decided to go back to the roots that he openly would open Pandora's box and that they would literally lead from a platform that was openly um, uh, conspiring with with white nationalists and literally opening, inviting them in their party. That's a new game. And people need to respond to that because we don't need to act like this is a regular election, that this is just a normal election about two different candidates. We have to really recognize that under no circumstances can we allow white supremacy to show its ugly head and go unchecked and uh, go unpunished and uh, unaccounted for. And, you know, and recognize it when it's softened. That's my only point. Because Willie Horton, that was fascist. Killing Ricky Ray Rector, a black man who had the IQ of a baby in the middle of a, in the middle of a primary so you can get some more votes to show that you were tough on crime. Uh-uh. When it's soft, when it's hard recognize this ugliness for what it is and decide which side you're going to be on. CK? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, Santita, I would say this. Before Latasha leaves, I just want to ask her. I am a firm believer, Latasha. I, I hate to even talk about the Herschel Walker, Raphael Warnock race, but we have to talk about it. I am a firm believer, and I see it every day, that Senator Warnock will pull this off despite all of the projections and our closest races. What do you say about that election? I I agree totally. I think he will pull it off, but I I want folks to know that's why it's really important for us to keep pushing. Um, Because what, 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 what Warnock is fighting up against, what we're fighting up against is not just one candidate. We're fighting up a white establishment. We're fighting up against a, a, a governor who has used his position, even when he was secretary of state, to uh, take off uh, hundreds of thousands of voters off the voting rolls. We have, uh, we're, he's up against um, a candidate that literally, although we know that this, this, this brother is being used and his, and his weakness is being used against him, he's allowing himself to be used. Now, I, I mean, at the end of the day, he is, uh, he's, he's dangerous. But, at the end, but, but, but from a party that is willing to do anything without any integrity, to write to, they're so hungry for power. And so if this was just a fair, if this was just an election, just who, whoever shows up and then we win in that, I wish it was that simple. I don't think it will be that simple. While I do believe that he's going to pull it out, I think we're going to have to fight like hell. I think we're going to have to literally push. I think we're going to have to be at those polling sites. I think we're going to have to be in the media put, um, preventing these messages that seek to try to depress the vote and to tell us otherwise. This is a fight, but this is a community fight. This fight is beyond Raphael Warnock. CK, you have got Robert Patillo with you. You have got um, Aaron Connolly. You've got Attorney Daryl Jones. And we have got about four minutes. <laughs> well, I'd like to shift to Aaron Connolly. I mean, one of the things that's on the ballot here is, um, you know, in Georgia and, and actually everywhere, is a woman's right to choose, you know, the overturning of Roe versus Wade, a woman's reproductive right. Mm-hmm. And Herschel Walker has taken a very, very, very aggressive position in favor of the overturning of Roe versus Wade, in favor of no exceptions to the fact that abortion is illegal in Georgia and there should be no exceptions. In fact, he's taken such a stern position, I think even Republicans don't recognize how stern his position is. So 
when are you seeing uh, that on that issue being on the ballot? What impact, if any, do you see nationwide when you're when as a political strategist when you're looking at that issue? And if I could if I could insert this carrot here, that's what we saw last night in the Pennsylvania debate, CK and Aaron and Latasha. I mean, you heard Dr. Mehmet Oz say that he wants local officials, not federal officials involved in this decision. Very dangerous. Very dangerous. Very dangerous. And thank you for this mess and and, and, and sexes and all of the things that literally, he didn't even put the babies. That was interesting is he said it is between um, uh, a woman, her doctor and local officials. Local officials. What about that? Like, like, like the local officials and Trump, the fathers. <laughs> like I don't see. Like the, the, and, no, it is absolutely absurd. Well, did you see that doctor who was the daddy of a lot of these children? I mean, these people are crazy. This is so sick and, and crazy. And what makes worse is he's he's a medical doctor. This is craziness. He's a medical doctor saying this. That is a huge distinction. But anyway. Aaron, <laughs> you say about We have got two minutes, I, Aaron, for you. Craziness. <laughs> well, it is. It's absolute craziness. And women throughout the country, as we see in voter registration numbers, as we see in surges in early voting in certain states where this really makes a difference on the ballot, right, whether it's a, a federal-level race that will be making decisions or, or local important races like Supreme Court or um, uh, local attorney generals that will be prosecuting some of these more aggressive abortion bans on doctors and women, right? So this is a serious thing. We see it play out in different ways throughout the country, but it's, it's central to women who are voting. And we can't forget that. It can't be the only thing when we're looking at at families and and what matters to them. Obviously, the home economic situation is is important and needs to be a central part of the argument. And we see the good campaigns talking about that. We see progress being made in Georgia for that reason. We see folks in Pennsylvania really understanding what's at stake um, and knowing who some of these local officials are who will be making their health care decisions is, is an important distinction between uh, the top candidates for the Senate. So we, uh, we have a lot at stake. A lot's going to happen in the next couple of weeks as we go into GOTV with these debates. In Georgia, in Arizona, in Pennsylvania, everywhere. Remember, everybody, every House seat in Washington is up for reelection. One third of the U.S. Senate is up for reelection. You've got governorships. You have got secretaries of state. You got one minute, Latasha. What do you want us to know? But I know you're going to be back before the midterms. I will be. I will be back and forth. But I will say this: There's a couple. We've got 13 days. Is it 13 days now? 13. Um, 13, right? 13 days before the election. I think it's important for everybody that's listening that these house seats that we have, we cannot take this election, that this is just about uh, a difference between two political parties. We are are far beyond that. We really, really are on, we're literally on the doorstep of fascism and allowing this party to come into power that has openly aligned itself with nationalists and races and policies that actually hurt us, including women's rights. And so at this moment, everybody, we need all hands on deck. So if you are listening to my voice and listening to the show today, there are a couple of things you can do. I'll give you four things you do. The first thing you, need, you should do is make sure that you vote. 
you check your status. You go on vote.org, check your status, make sure that you got a voting plan. If you don't have early, if you have early voting, go and vote early. Vote now so that the rest of the days you can actually help get some other votes in. The second thing is support the work. You will be amazed at organizations that are on the ground that we're tired, y'all, but I'm more tired of racism and I'm more tired of these people who are abusing our communities than I am of doing this work right now. But because of that, you will be amazed at how much it means to us when you all are sending $5 or $10 or $20. It sends a message that you're standing with us and you care. So find an organization that is doing, whether it's Rainbow Push, whether it's Black Voters Matter, with any of these organizations that are doing work on the ground, Transformational Justice Coalition, send a donation today. You can go out on, on the website and send a donation. It doesn't matter how big or how small. The third thing that you can do right now is call five people. I call it, we're going to win with five. The, the magic five, call five people to check to make sure that they voted or see if they voted and make sure that you literally get them out. And the fourth and the final thing is this is a moment that we actually have to have. We, we need to be doing, we need to work at polling sites. If you can work at the polling sites it, on election day, if you can take the time to go monitor, if you can go volunteer, if you can do, write postcards or do text messaging campaigns, we need all bodies, all hands on deck. Thank you. Thank you, Santita, for even creating this space for us to really be able to talk about this issue. But it's real. It's real. Game is on. Game is on. Now, where are you? Where are you off your uh, on your way to, so that we can, uh, so that we can be supportive of I'm you? I'm on my way. On I will be on the. On democracy now in ten minutes, so I'm on my way, and I'll be on the two in about ten minutes, and then after that, we're gonna be in these streets. <laughs> in these streets, Latasha Brown. We're gonna be in these streets. We're in these streets. In these streets. So people streets. Can follow us. Black voters matter, and you'll see where we are. We're in thirteen states right now. Uh, we're all over this place, so we're in these streets. Come and follow us um, and be a part of the movement because we want black streets. down. I love this. We want black down. <laughs> we want black down. And that's for everybody. Red, yellow, black, brown, and white. We're all precious in God's sight. Don't black down. Boom. Back to board of the Santita Jackson Show in just a minute. (laughs) This is the Santita Jackson Show. everybody. Welcome back to the Santita Jackson Show. Of course, it's legal Q&A with CK, but, you know, we're doing a lot more today because we are getting ready for the midterms. We're just, you know, we're expanding this out. And you know what? We're going to have um, a watch party on election night here in Chicago. The Santita Jackson Show is going to do that, and we're going to do it in, in concert with some others. But I'm trying to figure out where we're going to do it and how we're going to do it, because, you know, to fully disclose, my brother's running for Congress for the 1st Congressional District of Illinois. And, of course, we're praying for victory. I am, but that's Santita stepping out of her role as the host of this show, saying that. <clears throat> but that having been said, a lot of people are running. And a lot of there are going to be a lot of races that people will want to watch, and we're trying to come together and figure out a place where everybody can go and watch these races, eat some food, and talk, talk, talk all night. How about that? So you'll be hearing from me over the next few days about that, CK. I wish you could be here, but, you, girl, you got to be in Georgia. I don't want it to be a rainy night in Georgia. I don't want to have to take the midnight train to Georgia. I just want to keep Georgia on my mind. I was trying to think of all these songs, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! 
This race is going to define how Georgia is positioned in this country for the next decade. This race, the gubernatorial and the Senate race. So um, it's, it's critical. It's absolutely critical. You know, Santita, a lot of crazy things are happening here in Georgia while we're, while we're, while we're voting. Um, one thing that's great, record turnout. So beats that we, you know, all the odds people were saying, well, there's going to be apathy and people won't do this. And especially black voters don't want to do this. Black men, black women, all of this narrative out the window, record numbers of black men and black women that turned out. So defining, allowing people to define the narrative and to, to further split black men and black women, that's out the window. So we don't need to keep talking about that because this election is actually bringing our community together from my standpoint, and continue to bring our families together. But one thing that is just really puzzling to me when I'm watching these ads, and I was going to ask Robert Patillo to comment on this, is some of the ads that we're seeing um, relative to the Senate runoff race. Um, well, have him describe them first. I mean, because, you know, we're, we're here in Chicago, and we're, actually we're all, we're all over the country, all over the country and all over the world. We have people tuning in from Brazil and, and Venezuela, praying for y'all in Brazil, hoping that... Lula can come through. Yes, I'm with that. Um, well, mm. well, I will let Robert because in his infinite, the way that he expressed himself is so great. But I will Girl, just did you hear him scream at the black conservative last week? I did. <laughs> <laughs> I just love Robert. I just love Robert. But but, but you know what? He was right. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Herschel Walker, there's a halo. He's speaking as though he's angelic all of a sudden. And God has spared. Anyway, Robert Patillo, I just think you should take that issue on since I know you see the same commercials that I'm seeing. Well, yeah, and I think that if we had just told voters in Georgia to get out and vote to stop these ads from running every three seconds, uh, we would have 100% voter turnout because they they have now uh, colonized the brain. They've taken over your social media feeds, the, the billions of dollars they've poured in. Uh, a few weeks ago when Herschel Walker was at his lowest, right after the, his son released a video, uh, uh, right after the article came out about the, the uh, abortion that he paid for, uh, we saw Rick Scott and Tom Cotton uh, from the Republican Senate Cam- Campaign Commission, our committee, come down and campaign with him for a couple of days. And what they did was basically revamp his campaign from the inside out, get rid of most of the local people, and bring in uh, national party figures in order to run that campaign that uh, they saw uh, running into the ground. Uh, because of that, We've seen a lot better ads from Herschel Walker and a lot more money being spent on those ads. Uh, they've taken the issue of the uh, nursing home, or sorry, the, uh, the uh, low-income apartment complex that is run by Ebenezer and them evicting people uh, and turned that into Raphael Warnock as a slumlord. Uh, they've mm-hmm. taken a uh, domestic argument between Raphael Warnock and his ex-wife from several years ago, where I believe Ref, uh, Reverend Warnock was leaving, and uh, he may have ran over his wife's shoe or toe. Uh, no damage was done, and they've taken that to say that, well, well Raphael Warnock beats women just like Herschel Walker, so there's a moral equivalency there. Uh, they've taken the uh, a clip of his ex-wife speaking to police, uh, saying that, well, he's a great actor, and they've taken that domestic squabble, and they've turned that into, see, there's uh, no difference between Herschel Walker and Reverend Warnock. Uh, might well vote for Herschel Walker. And this has been going 24 hours a day, 
seven days a week uh, for the last several months. I think this is much of the reason that we've seen these polls tightening uh, because of the, uh, because of the negative nature of those ads. I think I said on your show uh, uh, maybe two months ago, Santita, that when uh, Reverend Warnock was up, he should have taken the kill shot to uh, put this race away, and he was still doing the very nice Baptist minister thing. And because of that, they left room, they left left air for Hurst Walker to come back up. And the, the difference is Republicans don't have any scruples when they're uh, uh, running ads, when they're campaigning. They're not running to uh, uh, to make any friends. They're running to win. And so they've well, begun the process and continue this process of demonizing Reverend Warnock. Uh, the fact that they would throw dirt on a Baptist minister uh, it tells you exactly where this party is when it comes to Christian conservatism. But we're we're seeing them being exceedingly effective in tightening the race, uh, that if people think that there's no difference between Herschel Walker throwing a pregnant woman down a flight of stairs or Reverend Warnock running over somebody's foot, well, then it makes it easier for them to say, well, we can take, well, the morality part of it is just a draw. So who do you prefer? Do you prefer pro-life or pro-choice? Do you prefer low taxes or high taxes? Do you prefer social programs or do you uh, prefer uh, social engineering if the Republicans will have it? And they're thinking that will push them across the finish line. We've seen record early voting in the state of Georgia, uh, most of that coming from minority communities. But remember, Part of the uh, the Jim Crow 3.0 that they're running with their voter suppression is less so about stopping people from voting and more so about picking the people who have the ability to count the votes. It was about the state being able to take over local boards of elections, about the state being able to take over from the Secretary of State uh, the oversight of elections on the uh, on the local level. So uh, this is why we have to push to win by an overwhelming margin. If it's a 12,000 vote margin, these people will try to uh, steal this election. We have to make sure that we are turning people out in numbers that we have not seen before because we have to overcome voter suppression. We have to overcome voter apathy. We have to overcome the fact that they have now decided who will uh, count the votes and ensure that there is such a clear and concise victory. Well, for me, these candidates to stand on the side of voting rights, stand on the side of civil rights, stand on the side of human rights that we're able to overcome the billions of ad dollars they're spending trying to uh, turn this race into a race to the bottom, as opposed to lifting up two black men who are running on a series of ideas that will help the community. Mm. CK, I mean, because, you know, when you see that that video footage of Pastor Warnock at the time uh, with his he and his wife were in a contentious divorce, she had taken she was filming it. I mean, hey, I don't know what happens between two people, and God bless them both, because it's just, that's painful. But it was like, wait a minute, are you serious? I mean, this is this was a blip on the graph for him. And he's standing there like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, wait a minute. Because I think people need to kind of get the scene, Robert. Like, he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, I... If I if I ran over your toe, I didn't mean to do it. I'm just trying to we're trying to do a handoff on our children right now. What are you doing? And she's filming this. And I want you all to know who he is. I said, oh, oh, it's just awful. Awful. I hate to see things like that. No, CK. It, I hate it's that. awful. It's awful. It's ridiculous. I think to me it's going to backfire because the halo. I saw one commercial last night. I thought I was dreaming. I wasn't quite sure. Nightmare. Were Herschel Walker. Yeah, well, Herschel Walker, and nightmare, it was a nightmare. I just, he sounded like he was angelic. 
this is Herschel Walker. I said, now we are going from crazy to insanity. But the bottom line is. But he's a happy warrior now, CK. That's why I kept telling you, this is, you and I have been talking about this. I said, girl, this is not about his qualifications. This is about how they can cast him, CK. He is cast as someone. He's the happy warrior. And, And wait a minute, and he's the big black guy. Who's the gentle giant? Oh, I can't wait to right. hear and it. And so when he was beating these women, maybe the women asked for it. That's the implication. That's the ramification. That's what's awful. But one thing I will say, they're doing similar types of ads with Stacey Abrams and Brian Kemp. Brian Kemp is being painted as the savior of Georgia. Stacey Abrams is the savior of Hollywood. So they have Stacey positioning with all these famous people and, and, and building up the notion that she has Hollywood on the brain, she has the presidency on the brain, and that she is power hungry, and Georgia is not really that important to her. And, and so these are the narratives that they're pushing 24-7 in Georgia. But you know what, Santita? Daryl Jones is traveling throughout the country with Transformative Justice Coalition. He and Barbara Arnwine are doing it. Do you hear me? They are everywhere making a difference change in the trenches in the communities and they do spend a lot of time in georgia so i really would like to hear from daryl to see what he thinks about all this because his perspective is not just from being here in georgia but from comparing it to what's happening throughout the the country in some of these hotly contested races you know uh, ck thanks and you're you're absolutely right you know uh, when we uh, were on the voter key in our uh, arca voter justice tour we were in brunswick georgia as well as savannah georgia and one of the things that, you know, uh, we felt that was just, you know, uh, just exciting, I think, uh, were the number of people that were coming out, not necessarily coming out to the Celebration Village, although we have really good numbers there, but the number of people that were coming out to, to just cheer on. We had two huge uh, John Lewis, um, uh, you know, Make Good Trouble vote buses. Uh, that were going through these black and brown communities and, and voter-challenged neighborhoods, along with the Black Voters uh, Matter Fund bus, their, their biggest blackest bus uh, in America. So we had all of this going on through the communities in Georgia, and the folks were coming out just incredibly supportive of it. You know, we started in Minneapolis. We had the same reception in Chicago, the same reception uh, when we went through Pittsburgh Kenosha. and Philadelphia, you know, Kenosha, you know, all of these places that, that we... And Santita, I caught that. All these places, <laughs> all, all of these places that we hit. Santita, now. Santita, Kenosha. I digress. I'm sorry. <laughs> Kenosha and Chicago sharing a day, but okay. Okay, I'm sorry, Daryl. <laughs> but all the places that we hit, and let me tell you, you know. Some of the biggest places of enthusiasm that we ran into were the HBCUs. And when we went down to Savannah State University, when we went to Edward Waters University in Jacksonville, Florida, you know, just some of those universities, Morgan State University, you know, Mm -hmm. we see the black community showing up, black brown community showing up, now showing their excitement. And I'll tell you this, you know, I get excited when I see our communities coming out and getting involved. But I feel even more excited when at the end of this, they have that victory in hand, the numbers that they have coming out. They see the power that they have and what they can achieve. And you drive it on from there forward to be certain that our entire community's interest is served. 
That's what I like about this, and that's what excites me about what's going on right now in Georgia with the numbers you, they have coming out, the numbers they have, record numbers they have coming out in Virginia, the record numbers they have uh, that, that came out in Wisconsin and we anticipate is going to come out in Wisconsin and Pennsylvania. That's what I see. Hmm. Well, you, you know, Sam, too, that I have to tell you, something that's very has been very impactful, one of these commercials, and I don't want to give you the impression that I sit and watch TV all day long, but I just have the TV in the background, and some of them are so shocking, and some of them are very impactful from my standpoint. One of them that I saw recently that the Warnock campaign, Senator Warnock campaign put out, I think had a strong impact. There were probably five or six women that were, the backdrop was Herschel Walker's position on a woman's right to choose what happens to her body. Not putting in the context of abortion, but choose what happens to her body. And the music behind, because these are holly, these are productions, the music behind was very, like, sort of scary music that you would hear in a thriller and a Halloween type of a movie. And all these women, mostly white, said they did not feel safe with Herschel Walker. And if he became senator, they didn't feel safe. They put into question, and you know, as a, as a trial lawyer, there's something called the reptilian theory. And the reptilian theory in trial work is where you inject the thought of how the jury, if they don't rule in favor of doing something and punishing these defendants, will make the community less safe. I felt the reptilian theory at work. The trial lawyers on the, on the line know what I'm talking about because I do it all the time. And I thought it was particularly impactful because the community that needs to stand up and vote and vote in favor of, I believe, um, something that that is more reflective of women's right to make determinations of their own bodies. Forget about the abortion question. Right to determine stood up in that commercial. And I thought it was particularly effective. You um, know, and I know that they are anomalies because 76 percent of white women voted for Brian Kemp over Stacey, and they could white women continue to make bad decisions, you know, and, and I this, hope and that this, they and, will and, and, turn a corner. And, well, to clarify, this was this this was an ad that came out in the Senate race, so the Herschel Walker mm-hmm. Senator Warnock race. But of yeah, course, yeah. no, but I'm just saying, you know, that's the trend, right? You know, and I want to, I want to, I want to see them, and you know, and that's powerful. But I, because I think that we are making progress. It's just not fast enough for, for many of us. But I think, I think we're making progress. And I think there's white women who, who are moving the needle, and more of them need to do that. But you know what? We have got uh, CK Arizona. And I know you know about more than Arizona, Aaron. We, both, we all know that. But you have spent, unlike, I know, I haven't spent that much time in Arizona at all. I mean, I don't, I don't know the landscape there like you do. I don't know what, what would it look like to have Carrie Lake as the governor? Because many people say she's like a smooth Trump. Oh, CK, she's so smooth. Ooh-wee. I mean. When I I worked in Arizona, Carrie Lake was still a journalist at the local Fox affiliate there and was, um, let's say, not my favorite studio to visit. But beyond that, her Mm. policies are completely grounded in the Trump ideology. She's literally out there vacuuming a red carpet for his arrival. She's spouting off in these crazy election theories that um, have cost Arizona millions of dollars and continue to embarrass the state. 
her the current governor of Arizona won't campaign with her, yet she has some substantial momentum building in Arizona. And Arizona is a strange, a strange state. And there's a large section of independent voters um, that have steadily been going into the blue category more than red in the last few cycles. And we see that with the election of Kirsten Cinema, who many of us, you know, idealistically hoped that she would be a, a progressive senator and she took a hard right turn the minute she she got into office. So that was a little disappointing. Um, but we've seen some great improvements statewide and have a real shot at securing some of the statewide offices in Arizona. And those folks um, are in a in a pretty tough fight. And as you see on the ground, what's extra concerning and what we were up against in many instances organizing in Arizona is an opposition that is, um, you know, openly white supremacist, aggressive, usually well-armed, very vocal, and um, isn't afraid to go toe-to-toe with organizers and police and to do some really harmful, um, hurtful things to folks. So that is a concern as we go into GOTV, seeing some of the reports out of Phoenix and Maricopa County, where the sheriff's office has been called in to make sure voters feel safe dropping off ballots. I think that's, um, you know, going to be a crucial issue in many of the states where we see voter suppression laws and concerns about election integrity. So um, I would love for some of the attorneys to talk about what our (laughs) rights are in that moment and what we need to do to be active citizens and how we can be responsible and safe um, exercising our right to vote. That's really concerning development. That's a heck of a question. I mean, because what do you do when when you're trying to drop off your ballot at the ballot box and someone is literally there with a gun? I mean, C.K., Carol, Robert. 1866 our vote. Or do like I did. In Georgia, when they were when when in in my precinct, where every single Hispanic voter that I observed, and I was in line for a long time, when I got to the front that was voting, they gave a provisional ballot, and there was nobody there who spoke Spanish. And I went up there, and you know, I was I was helping to translate. I said, "Lord have mercy!" Five and a half hours in line myself, and now I'm translating. And I said, "Well, you know what? I'm go- I think I'm just going to have to call Reverend Jackson about this." I most certainly did, and Santita. I got Reverend Jackson line. The whole precinct, no, 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 we don't need to. There were no election um, protection lawyers at that particular station. And so a lot of times people are not confront, are in a situation where they don't see any election protection lawyers. Because election protection lawyers are there specifically to give people, they're observing, to give people a hand. And the, the Democrats have their group and the Republicans have their group. It's a nonpartisan effort, of course, but they are there to address any um, abnormalities to observe them. But if you don't see any, one eight six six our vote I think Daryl can really address this and speak to this. And Santita, we probably should have a show just on that. What are your rights? Mm-hmm. What should you do? Because every state is different. So in Georgia, you hand out water or food, you can go to jail. What should you do? And you may not even know that that's the case in Georgia. So what should you do if you're confronted with that? In other states, you can hand out you can hand out something, but you might have somebody there who has a gun who's who's right there greeting you at the polling station. And, and they're not supposed to be within 100 yards of where people vote, but they are. So I think that should be a whole show. But, Daryl, what do you think about that? 
No, and CK, you're, you're right on point. You know, when you see it occur, the initial thing you want to do is use your, your initial weapon, your phone. Take a picture of what you see. And then after you have the picture, you want to go, if there's an election protection person in there, you want to talk to that person. You also want to talk to the uh, to the uh, election official that's in charge and overseeing the election uh, for that polling place where you are. Uh, you know, do not hesitate to call the 866-OUR-VOTE, but do not hesitate to contact the local police either, because voter intimidation is illegal. And, uh, and you know, you want to take all of the steps to be certain that, you know, you've done all the you can do. But most importantly, be certain to protect yourself. And, you know, uh, if, if that's the, uh, the drop box that you want to use, uh, you know, you can use it, but be certain to take those precautions. And I tell everybody, you know, initially to be certain that uh, you plan it all out, plan where you want to go, when you want to go there, you know, take a test drive if you need to, to be certain that you know where the drop box is. Uh, and you can see if anyone's around it. Has there been a history of problems at that drop box? All of those are things that you want to do. And, but the most important thing to do is to document what you're going through and then to report it so that it can be uh, addressed. Mm. CK, we are coming to coming to the close of this, but you know what? We're going to be you know we're going to be talking about this, and you're right all the way through. I'm, you know, having Daryl on at six thirty, um, if not seven o'clock every day. CK, you, Robert, Aaron, we need to be we need to be talking about this every single day. You guys, we have thirteen days, and many of us need to know what the voting plan should be, CK. We need to know how to construct the plan. And then we plan your vote, vote your plan, because we don't know. And you know what? For all of the talking that we're doing, people are living their lives, and I get it. Because Renee, when she calls in, she's on her way into a classroom, so she's trying to get it all in. But CK, um, so you don't really think about this. Think about it, think about it, until you get in the line and they tell you, well, we can't find you on the voter registration rolls. Or you see someone with a gun there. Or you're like, okay, yep. let me go drop off my vote. Let me, let me drop off the ballot. And someone's sitting, standing there with a gun, and you're like, and people are like, buck wild now. You don't know what's going to happen, CK. Don't you know. really don't know. I mean, and you don't know if you can go to an authority figure because you don't know what side they're going to be on. Right? Right. And, 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 that, and that's, that's absolutely true. So I think this is the thing. You got to use all the tools in your arsenal. But Daryl was so right when he says, "Take a picture." When I um, sat on the this is this is part of the effort that Barbara Arnwine created with the Election Protection Network when she was at the Lawyers Committee on Civil Rights. It's morphed into really, really a robust national effort. And when I was on the National Committee, I think a couple of years ago, we sat all of us remotely because of COVID, and in sort of a huge war room, going through. So when people call in with these issues, they're escalated up. And then there are people that go out in the field. So don't think that your call doesn't mean anything. Election protection lawyers throughout the country will go out in the field on point and help to address these issues. But it starts and people would send pictures. They would record conversations, whether it was in a state that allowed that or not. But the point is, we got the information. We were able to get people out there, triage it and address the, the concerns. And they were in the system. You never know. Every single vote counts. That's why I was very much opposed to every Latino person getting a provisional ballot, because I knew those ballots would go somewhere in the trash. 
and they would be denied their right to vote. That's a classic voter suppression um, tactic. And by the way, there was someone there who did speak Spanish. They just didn't have that person come forward. And again, the person running the elections at that polling station did not want them to vote. That's the key. So when you go to the elected officials, like you know, the, the people who are in charge, like Santita just said, you don't know where they start. But you have the power of your phone, the power of your voice, the power of recording it, and the power of passing it on, escalating it up. And, and I think that's what we should do. But Santita, every single day, 24-7, we need to talk about this because too much is at stake. Even if we put And it's happening aside, everywhere. Because they've got mad problems. They have the first place that they've been talking about these armed uh, ballot watchers uh, and poll watchers. That's Arizona. That's not Georgia. Everybody, this is a national problem. The founding at the founding of our nation, that was never the intention for every American to vote. And we're still battling that mentality now. We're still battling those laws now. Slavery's on the ballot in five states right now. America is a right-wing nation, Reverend Jackson says. The fight has been to move it into progressivism. The fight has been to move it into inclusion. The fight has been to end slavery, which is still in effect. The fight has been to make America, this I swear, this will be America. While it was never America for me, it's going, it's going to be. That's the fight, everybody. It's the fight. And red, yellow, black, brown, and white, it's our fight. It's our fight. It's our country. It's a land we love. It doesn't have to be perfect. It isn't ain't no place perfect, but it's ours. And we can make it work. We can make America great. Truly great. Stay right here. I'm going to get some closing thoughts from C.K., who's, of course, on court on court TV and and Robert Patillo and Aaron Connolly and Daryl Jones. Who'll be everybody will be with me. We'll be rocking this out until November 8th and November 9th and November 10th. We're going to make this work, everybody. I love you. Thank you, Henry, for a great show.